Good evening, ghouls and goblins. You're listening to That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. I'm Matt, and tonight we are wrapping up Spooktober with Junji Ito's Uzumaki, truly just a masterclass of traditional Japanese horror and just a spiral into the depths of madness when reality itself comes crashing in on you. It's a good episode, and I hope you enjoy. Happy Halloween. Welcome, everyone, once again to the Overmanga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the episode, we talk about what our familiarity with the franchise we read this week is. I think this is uh, another one of those cases where we're, we're diving into something so incredibly popular, you have to wonder... Uh, how anyone could have not heard of it. Even though I've never read one of his manga before, of course I know who Junji Ito is. Uh, He's incredibly famous and for good reason. Uh, So this was actually my first experience reading a Junji Ito, even though I've, you know, heard, he's great, you should read him. And yeah, I should have earlier. Anyway, (laughs) Jacob. Pretty much the same. Uh, You know, Junji Ito is an international star in horror and if you know anything about horror you have probably at least heard of it it's sort of like the fact that like everybody knows that the very famous ring movie is a remake of a japanese movie by the same name and honestly like i'd actually seen some of the whammy panels of jinji ito as like an example of this is how you make art scary so it was actually sort of funny seeing the context of there were a couple of um images i had actually seen before that were in uh this uh series in particular so it was interesting seeing the context for them all right how about you jay uh sure so i'm probably one of the most familiar with jinji ito's work was first introduced back in i want to say high school but fully read his works i previously had read uzumaki in college and became obsessed ever since. So hoping that through this review, I'll be able to convince the guys to pick up maybe Tomie or any of the others. (laughs) They're wonderful. I love them. And yes. (laughs) All right. And you, Matt. Uh, Yeah. So I have read Uzumaki before and most of Junji Zito's stuff I'm aware of, although I I think I've actually only read his anthology collection in addition to this. But yeah, I read Uzumaki in uh, high school. Uh, Really enjoyed it. It was actually in the same horror kick when I found Frankenfran. And also, oh, I'm blanking, but it's that one manga with the little black cat demon that I really enjoyed. So yeah, getting started, we are uh, introduced to our uh, main character, perspective character, uh, Kairi Goshima. Uh, she lives in the town of, I can't remember its name, it's a pretty long name. <laughs> Kurozucho, which uh, Wikipedia is informing me translates to Black Vortex Town. We never saw this coming. Yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> Who could have expected uh, gee, this? I wonder why. So she lives there with her boyfriend, uh, Suichi. Uh, Suichi goes to uh, a different high school uh, out of town. He commutes in and out. And he's been particularly grouchy lately because leaving the town has given him a new terrible perspective on uh, Kazurucho. 
He believes it is a horrible place and wants to leave very badly. I almost wish I didn't know the name of the town because one of my few complaints about this is this has that classic horror movie trope of why don't you just leave? I know. And like, I mean, I had to, you know, come to grips with, hey, admittedly, if they just left, you know, one chapter, five page story. So, I mean, obviously they can't leave. Also, in all fairness, I think the reason why her boyfriend doesn't leave is very obvious. Well, the problem that question comes up with uh, the main character, why she doesn't. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying, because like, here's the thing. It makes sense why Sweet Cheese stays there and there's a point when it makes sense for Kyrie to stick around because she's looking for her lost family members but to me because like I had a bit of a suspension of disbelief issue with Uzumaki I liked it it's really good but it tended not to scare me that much almost entirely because I'm sitting here noticing that like they could literally just leave and even if it was something as simple as Kyrie going to her parents and her parents saying no so, like, at least, like, ticking that box would have helped, and that never happens. I think there's a strong case to be made that they could have never left, is the thing. Like, Yes, but I mean, I understand what Jacob's saying is, like, before that was made, you know, evidently, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. very apparent, it's kind of like, hey, you've just experienced something very traumatic, and this is I, my frustration built um, just because, you know, it just seems mm. like she suffered constant amnesia of, like, Oh, he's Suichi's just being crazy, you know? He's a little off. And then this weird stuff would happen to her, traumatic stuff. And then she would just barely make it through. People would die. And then next episode, same situation. And she's just like, what do you mean, Suichi, that I should leave? I don't want to leave. It's just like, you yeah. almost died. <laughs> I, I think that is the probably the big thing is um the main girl uh during the first half at the very least who um uh, it's a uh, it questions Kitty, something right? that should not be a question any longer mm. well, it keeps happening to you her her main thing is she's kind of suffering from horror anthology protagonist syndrome yeah. where like yeah. She she has to keep being the main character of a horror anthology <laughs> Why? Oh my gosh so okay Matt J uh, well, Jay in particular, I know you love uh, Uzumaki and Jinji Ito. So like the fact that you are like taking everything that I was going to say negative about this is is sort of liberating. I was concerned you might be mad at me for not liking it as much. No, I do like it, but I like it, you know, not in just spite of that. Yeah, in spite of that. But yes, I was like literally yelling, yelling at the source material like why why so, so you got you got out almost everything negative i was gonna say for because like on the whole i really liked it it's just there's this big suspension of disbelief problem that you I have amnesia okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I need to remind you books can't hear you no matter how loud you yell <laughs> um but yeah no it's the, not just books sometimes it's also the tv the way that i felt about it is if they were anthology stories that didn't have a consistent main character who very obviously is experiencing these like in sequence, like there is actually continuity here. If that element had been dropped, I would have had a lot less of an issue with the whole suspension of disbelief problem because it does feel like it's more of an anthology than a than it, like a consistent series. And because it has the structure, like each of the stories have a, uh, the structure of an anthology story, Every time it goes from zero to what the fuck it's coming towards me 
And once someone dies, especially early on, the the town has a light pull to it, but it's not such a pull that people can't leave because people actually are leaving at first. Exactly. And And there is some continuity because you can't argue that it is completely wholly an anthology because they reference the early episodes later on in the book. And they're like, remember when that happened? Well, even more so than that, her hair gets cut and she has short hair for the rest of the series. Yeah, so... We're kind of diving into this, and I want to correct what I seem to be claiming I said earlier. I just said she's suffering from horror anthology protagonist syndrome. Yeah, I, where... I understand what you're saying, but I'm just saying, like, you can't, like, I'm trying to dispel any arguments of, like, oh, well, it's purely an anthology. It's not supposed I, to be. There's no continuity. That's I'm not like, what he's saying. I, I'm not. I'm saying that because she is the protagonist of a horror movie anthology, she does need to have some form of soft reset after each horrible thing that happens to her. So you can start the next chapter with, fresh-faced girl witnesses horror. Suichi is the first one that we see who is like, I I don't like this place, I want to go. And he's the first one the crazy supernatural BS happens to. Mm -hmm. Some would argue the most it happens to him. Yeah, and that does effectively trap him in the town. And he is a connecting force to uh, Kairi, so... It's like, well, I don't want to leave the town. My boyfriend lives here and, well, spoilers, but after chapter two, he's an orphan (laughs) and living alone and he's going through all the trauma processing and I can't just leave him here to die. There's reasons it didn't affect my suspension of disbelief that much. It's really not a hark on the horror either. It's, I think the one thing this could have used Mm -hmm. if it were more like structured to be like a through line plot, just have like one chapter dedicated to uh, Kiri going like, hey, a lot of weird crap is going on. Maybe you said we should leave. Maybe we should leave. Something come up that obviously you can't do because just knowing her character, she wouldn't. She would not abandon a single person in her family or her boyfriend if they were not willing to go with her. She would stay for them. Just vocalize that. I have a comment just because I'm reflecting back on, and this is going to come up later, the beach episode specifically, you know, with the two lovers. And Suichi specifically mentions, see, we should do as they do and leave. So Suichi actually, you know, though he's an orphan and though he, you know, is very much a a recluse at this point, he's just like, we need to leave. Well, at that point, it becomes, it also becomes evident that they can't leave at that point. Eventually, yeah, eventually they can't leave at all. I don't even think it needs to be a chapter. I just think one of the early chapters, as long as like Kyrie had gone as far as to say, hey, mom, hey, dad, people are dying in this town. Maybe we should leave and then like have the dad because he's already been affected by the spiral shenanigans say no and be really emphatic about it. And the mom just shrugged like, well, we kind of can't go anywhere, so we'll just stay here. It's very much a your mileage will vary situation. You can look past it. Even on this cast right here, you have a 50% acceptance rate. Like, it's clearly not a detrimental problem to the manga. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's just well, your mileage exactly. will vary. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, it, what it sounds like is, is if that was even brought up as an option, you know, at no point does she even say, hey, maybe I should ask if we could leave, you know, theoretically or ideally as a family because things are going on. I mean, likely, as we know, her answer would probably be like, no, we can't. Because then the plot wouldn't happen. Yeah, but, you know, at least the reality of, hey, we shouldn't or we don't want to stay here. We don't want this to continue to, you know, spiral out of control but (laughs) like 
like it's it's your classic horror movie thing of like you're watching it like oh man why don't they just get in the car and drive away where like you'll get the occasional movie where you'll get as the people are driving to the cabin in the middle of the woods you have one person say like oh yeah i've been meaning to get the car checked sometimes it doesn't start right away that's all you need for they can't the car doesn't start because he's been having problems with it and that's all the explanation you need for that cliche to be infinitely better than to at least address it in passing is better than to not address it at all it's not a deal breaker but i personally couldn't help but notice and it did affect it for me but it didn't ruin it for me so you know you know i'm assuming her father is the only bread is the breadwinner of the household i don't know if her mom is just a housewife so it's also obviously feasibly would they be able to afford to leave the city the town don't think they can but we've we've talked about basically the entire plot without actually mentioning anything at this point so maybe we should dive yeah, on we, it we've, <laughs> we've spent 15 minutes on caveat let's get going <laughs> Kyrie is um how do we how are we pronouncing her name Kyrie? kyrie kyrie I, I think it's Kyrie because she's a pure princess of heart and is the key to destiny islands right Basically, I mean, pretty much everyone in this universe sees her as the most beautiful thing ever in the universe. So I, yes. I was making a real dumb Kingdom you, Hearts reference. You were making a Kingdom Hearts reference, but actually, Jay, you aren't entirely wrong either. <laughs> I mean, it's in the entire progression of the plot that she is like the center of everything that is beautiful and like innocent. Well, I mean, fair. She has. OK, this is later on the plot. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so anyway, Suichi's yeah. dad is really into spirals, like it, really, really, really into spirals. Like, you know, when you have guys who go through the midlife crisis and they don't like get a car or anything, they get really into model trains. He's like that, but with spirals. <laughs> mm hmm. And it's not a government conspiracy. Or is it? What are the spirals telling us? Mr. Saito, his obsession is continuing to grow. He's collecting anything and everything spiral shaped. He commissions uh, Kyrie's dad, who is a potter, to create some spiral pottery. It's gotten to the point where he's not even working anymore. He just finds spiral things, takes them back to his room, and sits there looking at them. This big, creepy grin on his face. I say, my boy, have you ever realized how beautiful a spiral is? It draws the eye in towards the center. And it's, it's to the point, like, he's embarrassed to have Kyrie come into the home. Which, I mean, fair. At one point, Sushi's mom, quite understandably, is sick of this, and so throws out the entire Spiral collection to try to compel him to go out and start working again, because seriously, we need money. And uh, he pitches a fit. There's some uh, moderate domestic violence. And he's like, you know what? I don't even need the spiral collection anymore. I can create my own spirals. And he starts rolling his eyes, each eye in a different direction. And just he's doing that and cackling. It's really, really unsettling. Is it at this point that he demonstrates how he can create spirals to uh, Kyrie where he rolls his tongue? It's it's right after they get rid of his spiral stuff because the wife like throws out all his collection. He then shows off to Kyrie that he's been practicing on his own. And that's when you're like, huh, man, this Junji Ito guy, he does like some really nuanced, like psychological horror. And he does, but also his main bread and butter is flipping the page to, oh my God, what is that? Mm-hmm. 
the, oh, there were a few instances in this where I could not look at the panel. Like I saw what was coming and I, I had to actually hold my hand up in front of my eyes and click back over to the next page. <laughs> I'm like, nope, 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 nope. The biggest one of that comes up in chapter two because Kyrie goes to deliver the spiral pottery that her father made to Mr. Saito. And he's like, oh, I don't need that anymore. I have advanced to the next stage of the spiral and he his tongue has grown like five times and he can loop it's it around wider and thicker and... than it should be it's Ugh. it's um it's very disturbing and like it's one of those things where like this is terrifying and i also kind of want to look away but there's just an appreciation of like how good it is the level of the level of detail mm -hmm. like every every pen stroke or or whatever he uses to i think he uses a mm -hmm. pen for the inking i also gotta say um there were a couple of uh chapters that uh started off in color and like nothing like spooky happened in those it was just mundane scenes but just like the you know i mean the thing that you hear about jinji ito is that the art is unbelievable and yeah it is <laughs> Like you know, the watercolor work was amazing when was, they do like the opening scenes is like it, it's it's no Jojo's Bizarre Adventure watercolor work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Uh, it is spectacularly done. And just at a certain point when you're reading a Jinji Ito, even the most mundane scenes become unsettling because you now associate the art style with weird. <laughs> and so you're like. That's the best part, though, is when like you you fully bought into Junji Ito and then you open the panel and there's nothing disturbing on the page, but you have that lingering doubt in your mind. There's nothing disturbing yet. Yes, <laughs> like you have you have fully experienced the fear like when Ito. how this chapter uh, finally culminates is um, they are finally about to I believe they've talked to a doctor to get their his uh, father committed. Yes. Is what has happened and they are coming to retrieve him mm -hmm. uh, and he has made a purchase while they are out a uh, a wash tub and mm -hmm. they uh find the wash tub on the floor but they cannot find him who else immediately <laughs> your stomach just drops <laughs> you're like oh gosh the the audience has a much better idea of what's gone on but like you get that wash tub by itself in the center of the panel and you're like oh no in a very dark room and it's very circular it's the mom who ends up opening it right no it's suichi oh it's yeah she definitely well, sees though they're oh, both yeah. over it yeah uh where it reveals that um to be one with the spiral uh, his father has crawled into the wash tub in such a way that he has spiraled his own body. He's twisted like silly putty. Yeah, it is ungodly to look at. And, and it's like his mouth is open as if he's screaming, but some part of his body, we don't know which, is either going into or coming out of his mouth. It was his tongue. Uh-huh. So it's got this weird Ouroboros quality to it as well. And you can like see where his hands are poking out and his feet. And it's it makes you really wonder, like, what what point did he die? Like, how far? Uh -huh. How are you able oh, he, to accomplish all of this before you die? He he got to feel that one magical moment of being one with the spiral. And that bliss is what <laughs> killed him. <laughs> uh, and, and it's like. You also look at it and yeah, the spiral draws you in because you start looking for recognizable parts of the human body to try to to try and just heads or tails of uh, uh -huh. Ooh, geez, Jacob. 
Too soon. <laughs> Most disturbing part, they go to cremate him, and the ashes turn into a giant spiral going up into the sky, which is also a spiral. Yep. Spirals all the way down. I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch Gurren Lagann again, and that is a tragedy. Yeah, uh, the, this is basically the antithesis to Gurren Lagann. Uh, maybe we have too much spiral energy. Uzumaki is anti-spiral propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm saying if spiral energy can cause you to do the things that happen in this, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want to do the impossible. I don't want to break the unbreakable. Things have limits for a reason. <laughs> I will not fight this power. <sighs> Uh, but um, so anyway, uh, the next chapter is essentially Suichi's mother d did not take the death of her husband well and is understandably mm -hmm. um, and also while she's in the hospital, this manga does like a really good like you saw this horrific, like really like supernatural thing effectively was what, how the last one ended. And then it pulls back to a woman like dealing with the grief of her dead husband, slowly going into some kind of like psychosis basically she's got some fears of spirals because that's what he was obsessed with but then you also get like she's having vivid hallucinations that kind of tread the line of are they hallucinations or is she being haunted by her husband's ghost who keeps telling her come join me in the spiral it's like the the middle of uzumaki was where i had the biggest suspension of disbelief problem the beginning and the end of it were absolutely outstanding because one of the really cool things is when this information is presented to the audience, it goes from there's like the shot of um, them trying to find um, Suichi's dad. They open the tub and then it immediately cuts to the funeral. And it's actually Suichi who explains what had happened and it flashes back to showing the horrifying imagery. So strictly speaking, maybe Suichi and his family are all crazy and this isn't really happening. And how, you know, it's like, is Suichi's mother succumbing to the same kind of madness that um, the father did? And is this all completely normal? And um, they have to have the mom committed because her phobia of spirals has become so intense that whenever she sees a spiral on her own body, she feels the need to remove it to the point where she is peeling off her finger and her fingertips and toe tips and yes and she actually um it's mentioned that the reason why um she can't tolerate looking at these spirals is she has said that every time she sees a spiral she sees her husband in that formation telling her to join the spiral so it's a different layer of trauma where it's like this she's almost in trying to avoid interaction with that horror that she's trying to work through uh, shaved off her own hair and practically scalped herself because she noticed the natural whorls of hair going into spirals. Like, and for a while, it seems like they've removed all spirals from her. Uh... Yeah, all the spirals, Sam. They've removed all of the spirals off of her body, right? Hold on, Dr. Sam. Is that a medical chart behind you? My old eyes can't really see. There, there wouldn't happen to be any spirals inside the human body, would there? No, definitely not. Not in the ears or anything. Not the cochlea. No, 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 no. <laughs> In all fairness, Suichi is there who notices the spiral in the inner ear and goes like, we're going to just hide that from her. I I so appreciated the doctor being accommodating. Well, he's he's the doctor of a psych ward. You would expect him to be accommodating to, hey, this this triggers this patient deeply. Maybe we can just avoid that around them like that's but It's interesting that he doesn't immediately pick up on it because, I mean, obviously he knows he has this patient who is triggered by spirals. And she asked him specifically, hey, doctor, are there any 
spirals within the human body. I just had like a dream that told me that I hadn't, I had not gotten rid of all of the spirals and that there was a spiral inside of me. Is that true? And, you know, obviously he doesn't immediately catch on, but I mean, like, yeah, no, actually, that again, I, I really love this because he's not thinking about it because, you know, it's not it's not a rational line of thinking. Yeah. So so he almost answers. And then, like, he notices Suichi recognizing, wait, this is going in a bad place. And he's immediately like, no, of course not. It's, you know, that's not true at all. A worse writer would forget or would, um, like, have the doctor not, like, think about that. But, like, he is uh, working in a psych ward and does think to get rid of the thing that would trigger his patient. It's, it's. So he's a sympathetic doctor. It's important to have some sympathy for your patients and not just be like, well, actually, ma'am, there are. Because that would totally not trigger you at all. You don't understand. I'm a horror movie doctor. I just ignore your symptoms. And if I'm really bad, give you drugs that increase your hallucinations. <laughs> well, and I mean, that's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying. There are badly written horror movie doctors who would not bother to do that. The parts that freaked me out the most in this chapter is uh, at one point, Suichi's mom is sleeping and has a nightmare, or this actually happens, where a centipede crawls up on the bed and tries to go in her ears. It's like, oh, thanks, Junji Ito, a literal phobia that I have. <laughs> oh, yours is the centipede. Mine is like um the um. It. What is the pincher bug? Eyebrow. Not uh, earwig. Eyebrow. Earwigs, earwig. yes. Earwigs. Uh, it's, That's it's, mine. <laughs> It's it's more like a general the idea of like bugs crawling over me as I sleep. I don't mind bugs in any other context, but it's when I sleep that it's ugh. they have invaded my space. Uh huh. And, you know, she wakes up, slaps the centipede away. It dies and curls into a spiral, of course, as centipedes do, in all fairness. Yeah. And and it has her husband's face going, there's spirals in your ears. And that's when they very wisely take the medical chart down. But her hallucinations about spirals in the ears continue. Which begs to ask, is she is this something that she is subconsciously aware of? Because if we're going over whether she's actually being haunted by her husband or if this is something, you know, a genuine hallucination, like maybe she remembers, I don't know, middle or high school health class and body systems or something i don't know or even she looked at the chart in passing but didn't pay attention to it yeah like she she thought she saw a spiral on the chart and just wanted to verify that because she didn't look at it closely because she wasn't thinking like th this whole chapter actually really plays the line of is this supernatural or not because at this point if you go by um what jacob mentioned earlier about how the only knowledge we have of how the father died was from suichi the only supernatural thing that has happened is the Hung, technically, because uh, Kyrie saw that, and the smoke, which everyone saw. The tongue is definitely the hardest thing to, like, rationalize away, but, like, there could be some atmospheric phenomenon that could cause smoke to spiral. That's not, like, it's spooky, it's weird, but it's not, like hello ghost you know walks at you down the street. It's playing with the idea of is this real or not, because... How do you explain the tongue then? The second nightmare that she has is uh, she's on a, she's on an IV because, you know, she's lost an awful lot of blood from all the various ways she's been maiming herself. And also, if she notices a spiral in food, she won't eat it. Uh-huh. 
And so uh, she's on an IV drip and it's like, okay, this is the last night you need to be on the IV. Just hold still, sleep, sleep well, goodbye. Immediately, the solution in the in the jar starts spinning into a whirlpool, telling her there are spirals in her ears. And so she grabs a pair of scissors and that is when I stop looking at the paddles. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I, do, I don't know if he showed the action shot, but I did not want to find out. It was not graphic. No, it's it's actually pretty mundane for. Yeah. I still did not want. <laughs> but I also had to also give the credit the fact they were so insistent, like they didn't switch to different body systems or didn't. They were very insistent on it just being in the ear, and they're like, "There's mm. spirals in your ears. There's spirals in your ears." Like if they were trying to say, "Well, there's spirals somewhere else," you know, too, and there's just spirals that, like, if it kind of uh, extrapolated. You know, aside from just, oh, no, there's one extra at one one location, there are extra spirals. Oh, I have little doubt that if she had survived, her hallucinations would have continued to like there's spirals in your gut for the intestines. There aren't true spirals. They're just kind of like. Yeah, I know. They're like folded over, but this is getting pedantic. The point is she destroyed her inner ear, so she suffers constant vertigo. And so she always feels like she's spinning. Yep. Yeah, in the spiral. She is part of the spiral mm-hmm. now. So she just lays there, deaf and feeling like she's constantly spinning, screaming in terror of I don't want to join the spiral until she finally expires. And whoo, that panel got me. And then it's cremated <laughs> and her and smoke goes up like a spiral. It goes right into Dragonfly's Lake. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate this chapter because like it, it it's not a lot of like Junji Ito, like what you typically associate with him is like the big like like whammy panels. Basically, mm. this one, they don't even show like the the scissors going into your ear because like the second that chart comes up like within like I think it's like the third page of this chapter. Where you already like, know where this is going. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it it is very fair to the audience. It tells you right up front she is going to stab herself in the ear because there is a spiral in there. She needs it is established. This is what she does when she sees spirals. And that is in her ear. This is what's going to happen. And the entire manga is please don't let this happen. Please don't let this happen. Please don't let this happen. Until finally, oh, no, she's going to do like it builds that dread and then doesn't even give you like a like a the, the catharsis of the gory violence. No, it it's like, yep, that happened. You were right. Good job. Also, she is in constant terror as she dies in vertigo. It's not one of the most graphically horrific deaths in the manga, but it is definitely one of the most viscerally disturbing on like a psychological level. We, no, no more time to dwell on that. Uh, Suichi is now a shut-in uh, orphan processing his various traumas. He he spends the rest of the manga as like uh, like ghostly gaunt as a as a bloodborne npc yes yeah <laughs> which which is great because he's also the only one who does anything yeah sitting locked inside his house muttering crazed ramblings about a supernatural phenomenon i also really appreciate how shuichi is basically drawn as a self-insert for junji ito <laughs> because um if you haven't read it read it in velvet's other works that's fine but even at the end of the collection there was a chapter of him talking to his editor and those were so funny and like him the person talking to his editor is shuichi like it's it's just him but older yes it's it's him but older and in the real world so it doesn't you know go from zero to oh it's coming toward me 
Yeah. Oh, it those end chapters are essentially like uh, that one Family Guy skit about Stephen King's editor calling him, and it's clear he hasn't come up with a pitch, so he's just like, uh, I don't know, like a lamp monster? That's scary, right, bro? Scary lamp, huh? <laughs> Have you been working on your manga? I've been eating ice cream. Uh, spirals are scary, right? <laughs> I'll make those spirals scary. Seriously, just replace the talk of spirals with talk of blood, and he, he's a Bloodborne NPC. I, I really appreciated that. <laughs> but uh, it's time that we move on to our next horrific uh, event, which is uh, Kairi's friend Azami, who is this... One of her many, many, many friends. She has a lot of those. She is but pretty popular, in all fairness. Yeah. That does get established. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I she, know. It, she's fairly popular. She, she's popular. She's pretty. She's... I don't know if they go on if she's intelligent, maybe. She gets made fun of for hanging out with Shuichi because he's so dour. Like, mm. she gets called out like, why are you with that guy? Like, I get that it is logical. I just can't help but find it amusing the sheer number of her friends who end up being the victim of any given story. I mean, mm. given the status of the manga, maybe it's because they're her friends that they're yeah. the victim of the story. Because she's it's so beautiful. I don't think that's the reason, but okay. <laughs> because Suichi, who establishes Junji Ito's insert, has to be dating the most beautiful thing on earth. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> like, it's the classic mangaka thing of like, why do you draw cute girls? I like cute girls. Like, okay. <laughs> why is 2B in a skirt and high heels? Because I like hot girls. <laughs> when, maybe when you make a manga, you can draw the characters how you want, but... I'm going to do it my way. And I'm like, okay, I can respect that. Look, all I'm saying is that Yoko Taro has ascended humanity and I strive to emulate him every day. <laughs> but anyway, this is, um, these next few are where like, this really hits like it's anthology stride. Mm -hmm. This one is her friend, Asami. She's a real heartbreaker. She uh, has always been able to get any guys she wants. Is this her friend who commutes to school from out of town? Yes. Okay. She's also alluded to have come from money. And so the other the other girls are gossiping. It's like, Kyrie, you shouldn't hang out with Azami. I hear she's uh, some sort of freaky sex beam. What, what do you what do you mean, <laughs> freaky sex beam? Yeah, that's why she can get any guy she wants. The scar underneath her bangs gives her magic powers. Azami later on notices Kyrie like giving her the side eye, and it's like, oh, they were talking about the scar, huh? Well, let me show you. And it's perfectly normal. Yeah, it's just a little crescent moon scar on her forehead. She got it while she was trying to impress a, a boy on the playground when they were little and she fell and whacked her head. And uh, weird, she ended up uh, dating that guy for a while anyway. Speaking of dating guys, uh, Kyrie, I heard you had a boyfriend. Do you mind if I come check him out? This is really like crossing a lot of boundaries. Also, he doesn't really like company. I'm going to join you anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Suichi, this is Azami. Azami, this is Suichi. It is really weird that you started this conversation basically saying you wanted to hook up with my boyfriend, but okay. Uh <laughs> Azami immediately falls for him and tries to use her freaky sex beam powers, but Suichi's like, Spiral thought begun! <laughs> yeah, I think I think the thing that causes her to be obsessed with him is the fact that he uh, turns her down. Cause, yeah, um, it's, it's it's that complex of like pretty girls. Yeah, I mean, in, in this universe, pretty girls who are not used to being told no. It's not so much that she finds him ridiculously attractive. It's like you you turn me down. No one's ever turned me down. What's wrong with you? That, that's impossible. That doesn't yeah. happen. 
I'm clearly not trying hard enough. Have you looked at my scar? <laughs> the scar is a spiral. No, it isn't. Wait, no, it what? Isn't. Yes, it is. It's growing. Um, I mean, the, the characters don't notice that, but we notice that. Yeah, we notice that. And um, yeah. Uh, oh, Azami uses another one of her suitors to um, lure oh, out Sweetie. Oh, Oh, wait, but before that happens, uh, yeah, the, Azami the stops. The more we're talking, uh, I don't think Azami was Kyrie's friend. They don't they don't seem to like each other. I think Kyrie no, is just being I nice. Think, I think Kyrie, like, it might be a situation that Asami gravitated towards the next prettiest girl in the school. Maybe. Hmm. And because Kyrie was the most popular and prettiest and obviously knows everyone, it's kind of like, I want to be the next quote-unquote queen bee of this school. And everyone knows there's only two ways of becoming queen bee at the school. You either join them or you Jojo fight them. And so uh, <laughs> we decided to go with the second option here. Yeah. No, uh, no, no, this is this is this category is one. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is category option. one. We'll see. We'll see category two a little bit later. Right. Yep. I'm, I'm mixing. <laughs> I'm mixing up different events. So completely understanding that in this in this story, Kyrie is She's beautiful. She's super popular. She's everything. Everyone gravitates towards Kyrie. So. Can't oh, she's the center of a spiral. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Azami's crescent scar has become a spiral and it's drilling into her head. It might be the. This is one of the most like popular like cutaways to or references to Uzumaki. The whole. Oh, yeah. Head cutaway. Yeah. You, dear listener, have seen this before. If you've spent even a modicum of time on anime and manga portions of the internet. This was the main one where it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen that one referenced as a Junji Ito example art piece of the of like the eyeball is like sucked into the spiral. You usually don't see the eyeball going into the spiral, but the whammy page immediately before that, where you see the like the the gaping hole in the face is a mm -hmm. common image. Yeah. And basically what her plan was, was she used someone who liked her to pretend to ask out Kyrie and had them meet. And she had to bring Suichi with her as like backup because she doesn't want to meet this guy alone and it's then revealed haha no this was a plan so that i could date your boyfriend and then as her bangs blow you get whammy panel her head is slowly being eaten by the spiral her eye falls back into her head and suichi's just like why why would you bring me here no i'm done 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 because she becomes a black hole as the spiral is quickly just eating her entire head, the, her suitor is dragged into the spiral with her. So um, if you're keeping count at home, uh, Kyrie has now watched two people die in front of her. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Can we leave this town, maybe? In all fairness, at this point, isolated incident. If I saw that, I would not continue living in that town if the option was available to not live Again. in that town. You could you could live anywhere and people could become spirals. That, leaving town doesn't help you. Because we also have to take away the fact that the only reason why Suichi reacted the way he is and the reason that started this whole thing was because Suichi was able to go to school outside of the town. So theoretically, Suichi might not have realized how unusual his town was was unless Until he, he left, left. You, yeah. you make a point. There is a big part of the first chapter, which is essentially him going like, hey, have you ever noticed that the water is always forming whirlpools around here? Or how the, these tufts of grass are spiral? 
This town has way too many spirals. Or how there's always dust devils happening. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's almost as if part of the terror is I now am aware of the terror. It's I, kind I have of... normalized this behavior and it's being revealed to me, but I'm not able to react quick enough. Opening mm. your eyes is always the scariest part. Yeah. So essentially that's part of the terror from Suichi's point of view. It's just kind of like this is this is not normal. This is not OK. Whereas most of the townsfolk are just kind of like reacting like, oh, that's so unfortunate. Kyrie probably really does want to talk to her parents about what she just saw. Unfortunately, her dad's been really busy with his pottery lately as we transition into the next story. He's very, very keen on having nobody look in the kiln during the process. Do not look in the kiln. Yeah, he knows what he did. (laughs) It does have a whole lot of... Awareness. (laughs) It's got a lot of serial killer vibes. No, yeah, her her dad is portrayed as really weird, and, like, the entire mystery of this chapter is essentially, okay, some weird (laughs) going on in that kiln. Why is the pottery he's making have, like, spirals in it? Also, why is the pottery, like, not actually forming correctly oh yeah it's not even like just that it's got spiral patterns in it it's all warped. faces in it <laughs> it's all warped and twisted and nobody wants to buy it well let's go back to the fact that first of all he was a well esteemed potter so he'd had a reputation people really enjoyed his pottery completely normal really talented individual then he kind of goes off the deep end so it's not like he's some eccentric weirdo out of the gate he becomes an eccentric weirdo <laughs> Yes. Well, and y- you can honestly see the transition because it almost seems like Suichi's dad like infects him with the spiral by commissioning the, yep. the spiral plate at first because he's like he's very flattered with how much Suichi's father is. Well, I just want to preface this because it's like I don't want to immediately portray him as some kind of eccentric weirdo who is known for making weird crap that is just like so out there. No, he's like a regular craftsman. Like you would have somebody who's known for making weaving or something yeah he's the it, potter for the t- for the village or the town say what you want about Kyrie's dad he holds himself together really well comparatively oh, yeah uh-huh. and it, it, it very much is the case where despite the fact that he goes off the deep end very early on you can tell he's not behaving the way he normally does like he's very well characterized insofar as that that this like, is unusual behavior th- for there's him. a level of like um togetherness about him too where the entire entirety of this chapter he's like don't come into the um kiln room don't watch me while i'm doing this i'm going to be by myself because there's a level of shame in what he's doing he is aware that like being this obsessed with the spiral is not normal and that's something to like hide away whereas shuichi's dad was everyone he could talk to was shoving it in his face mm-hmm. he's just like wait no something's wrong here but i'm clearly already caught up in it like my let's see well he's in a very let's see where it goes Mm -hmm. mentality but also like a level of i am aware something's wrong here one of one of my favorite parts of this particular chapter is when Kyrie's like okay so shuichi's not really eating can we like invite him over for dinner so i can basically force him to consume food as much as i complained about Kyrie not leaving i gotta say she really is a really like uh like her and shuichi's relationship are is really is really very sweet and genuine it's goals. I mean, like, you know, we were making jokes about the author insert has to have the cutest girl in the town, but like they do actually have a really well done relationship that is like you, mm-hmm. you're scared 
for them because you know you care about them and the relationship is a big part of that and the fact that he is so obviously so traumatized by what's going on outside that he's become a recluse and despite the fact that he will leave his home for Kyrie, he's like i will leave for no one else but you Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that ledge he goes out on is quickly pulled out from under him as it normally is because um, it has been revealed that um, Kyrie's father thought it'd be a fun surprise to um, oh, sure. serve uh, specifically Suichi on one of his spiral plates. Because your dad really liked it. Your dad really liked the spiral. He was no. a man of character. You know that man who spiral obsessed himself to death and your mom who followed shortly after i thought you'd appreciate this spiral plate and i'm like ooh, that's that's a party foul man yeah well, i i love the i love the panel where Kyrie's like dad what the fuck she has a very genuine reaction it's kind of like what the heck to be fair her dad does think that suichi's dad died of a heart attack because that was what they told everybody but the thing with the mom should have been more than enough of a clue that this was a bad idea oh yeah and by the way um i'm I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but Kyrie's dad's been getting the clay for his pottery out of Dragonfly Pond, you know, where all the spiraling ash is gone. I think that comes up in this conversation where they're yelling at him why he would do this, because that's when they notice the faces in it. And they're like, why are there faces in this pottery? Why do they look like the Saitos? (laughs) Because I, (laughs) they look like his mom and dad. No, that's before, because he gives him the plate with his father's face on it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because he's he's that messed up. It's then. He, yeah. So earlier he had revealed he's getting the plates from Dragonfly Pond where all the people's ashes who are cremated fall in. So he's been making this clay with the dead bodies of people. Yes. You <laughs> thought that was OK to eat off of? <laughs> sure. So anyway, he's been obsessively working for like two days and Kyrie gets worried about him. So she goes out into the potter's shed and finds her dad asleep, as one might expect from 48 hours of hard work. And she's like, well, he's asleep. I can look in the kiln now. And she creeps over and peeks inside the kiln and sees the faces of the dead people, specifically the Saitos on the pot on the pottery, screaming in agony because they are in the fire. Mm-hmm. They are screaming about the heat. They're wailing Suichi's name to come help them. And so she naturally freaks out and screams, which awakes her dad, who's like, I told you not to look in the kiln. Okay, Beelzebub, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> because she's been in that room and has seen it now, she can't go to sleep because she's constantly hearing their screams now. She was never hearing it before, but now she hears them loud and clear. Suichi is also hearing it, so he runs over to the potter's shed. Yeah, my my favorite cliche of Uzumaki is um, whenever you need something smashed, Shunichi comes breaking down a door going like, I heard you were in trouble. (laughs) I am here to break it. I am scrawny nerd, but the one thing I can do is break it. (laughs) He's gone. Yeah. It's pretty great. He, Only Suichi has the power to dispel the spirals by hitting it with a bat. He breaks enough of the kiln for it to collapse. And uh, this releases the wailing, burning ghosts of the people who uh, scream back into the pond. And so um, everyone is just like, well, that's a thing. I'm going to go bottle up this trauma and go to 
<laughs> yeah, there's there's a great image of um, Kyrie's father, who's just got the acceptance of like, oh, yep, nope, maybe this was uh, this was a bad idea. <laughs> well, and the other kind of nice thing is, um, I don't remember who, if it was um, Kyrie or Suichi, but when. Uh, Suichi breaks the kiln, the entire uh, shed lights on fire, and he does make a point of saving, I, I, I think it was Shuichi throws out of the fire, and then Kyrie goes in and subsequently saves him. Her dad is still, you're scared that he's becoming bad but like you know that he's not a bad person like he no. understands that this is that this is wrong and evil he just can't help it he, he gets a relatively good ending in this chapter when at this point the audience should really expect the ending was going to be he cooks himself in the kiln like to become one with the spiral clay or whatever uh like, but instead uh everyone gets out of the building and it's destroyed but no one was hurt so the happy ending i guess sure yeah, not really. Anyway, um, th this is where the anthology stri uh, stride hits because we have um, a chapter that, while it is creepy and a very compelling story, doesn't do a lot for the for the ongoing narrative. It's basically a Romeo and Juliet situation of two star-crossed lovers and their families beat each other up about it. Yeah, like... The weird thing is, like, Kyrie is only, like, vaguely associated with this story either. Like, she's basically just watching it. Yeah. She just happens to know the Romeo and so is hanging out with him from time to time and wonders why he's getting all bruised up. Yeah. The most important part of this is that it introduces the old decrepit longhouses. Mm -hmm. Which are weirdly placed around the uh, the town and are older than pretty much anything else. And also this has a pretty neat ending where the two are realize that snakes spiral together when they're mating. And because they have seen that happen, they want to be together forever. So they spiral themselves into one long snake and go live in the ocean. Yeah, they, beca they become a weird entwined person sea dragon. It's something. <laughs> Romantic. It, it is a very romantic chapter, but like, I mean, they're happy. Yeah, it's it is. <laughs> At itself... least somebody is. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I had some I my initial reaction was that this all this is so romantic. But then I started thinking about it logically, which I know I shouldn't do. And I'm just <laughs> um, did they immediately drown? <laughs> Probably. There, are no, there are no gills or no adaptations. I, I think they legitimately just drowned in the water. Like, the, the, it ends on a nice note of Suichi and Kairi kind of assuming they went to go swim off. Because I guess technically they're shaped like a snake and snakes can swim. So the assumption is they went to go off to swim somewhere. Well, but like everything else in the story is horrifying. Well, OK, here here's a thought, though. Perhaps the uh, there is more than one way to get down into that uh, tower beneath dragonfly lake yeah probably like because you know it's like looking back on it from knowing how the story ends i didn't think about it until we were just talking about it now but that's that's the immediate thought i had at this yeah point. They, they just naturally knew to go somewhere like it the, the story doesn't really care about it at this point so yeah so we're gonna <laughs> move on to medusa kairi has got another friend oh what is so what is this oh this is it this this is option number two yep. yeah this is the jojo fight the stand where, battle where Kyrie's just like my hair is getting pretty long and then suichi's like 
Your hair is getting pretty long. You should cut it. I think it might soon start to become a spiral. Look insert, insert patriarchy is telling us how to control our bodies. Look at Suichi. <laughs> look at Suichi and his like um, curly hair hate. Like seriously, yeah. you don't police what kind of hair people have. It's incredibly rude. Uh, but uh, you've also definitely seen this panel because it's another famous one. Because uh, uh, the next day at school, Kyrie's hair is curling up into tight little spirals <laughs> and like standing straight up. Uh huh. Yeah, this this one has a lot of similarities to the scar. Yeah, the scar one. To the point, I'm wondering if they are both from the same rough draft that was like, I've got an idea. I've got another idea. Maybe I could do the same idea. (laughs) (laughs) There. Yeah, there was there was a this is this is the section where I had trouble uh, suspending my disbelief for it, because like, am I really supposed to take this seriously? (laughs) This one definitely has fun with the concept. Yeah, yeah. It's more fun than horrifying. Essentially, what the the long and short of it is, her hair is coming to life to some degree, and it loves being the center of attention, and people's eyes are drawn to the center of spirals. Yeah, we almost forgot the inciting incident for this, which is another student at the school was pulling some dangerous stunt in order to get attention and slipped from the top of the building, fell and died. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And Kyrie's like, I can't understand why someone would do something like that just for attention. And her friend's like, no, I get it. Everyone around school has been doing crazy things for attention because they all want to be the center of attention, the center Mm -hmm. of the spiral. (laughs) But we need someone so pure to be the perfect center of the spiral. And so Kyrie keeps trying to like get her hair cut, but whenever she does, the hair turns into a violent monster and starts strangling her or attacking who whoever the barber is. And so she's like, "Well, maybe if I can just hide away." No, no, it's attacking me for hiding away. Okay, I'm going where crowds are. Please don't, sh- please don't strangle me to death. Well, actually, no. The the hair like forces her to go walk into the center of like yeah, the train station. Yeah, specifically wants to be shown off and you know be admired by people so it can hypnotize them and garner their praise and adoration. So it, you know, yep. which is kind of interesting because she is also, as we've established, a very popular student. So like, it's clearly. kind of like she she's popular but doesn't like the spotlight. Mm. But clearly, the most popular girl in school cannot not be the center of attention. So when Kyrie comes up to school with her big floating spirals of hair, she's like, hey, I see you have unlocked your hair stand. I have too learned how to stand my hair. <laughs> What's that? What is Yukiko's stand called? Love Deluxe? I don't know, but this thing, I it's... It's structured like a shonen fight to the point I think it might even be a parody. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I think this entire chapter is a parody. There's literally a stand user in part four of Jojo whose stand is just she has control over her hair and it can extend and, like, attack people. Yeah, it's called Love Deluxe. Yeah. And essentially, these two girls have a, like, wild hair fight. It's not violent. It just continues to grow and expand and become larger as it, you know, is simultaneously zapping their energy. Not Kyrie, but the other girl is like, I'll just eliminate the competition and her hair attacks Kyrie, at which point Kyrie's hair responds and we literally get a stand battle between the two of them. It's well, Kyrie's hair is distracted. Shuichi comes to save the day and cuts <laughs> her hair off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> which is a, <laughs> a very funny panel. Her friend is like, and now I am the one with the hypnotizing hair and leads a parade of uh, zombified people into the streets, except the hair sucks out all of her energy and she's left as a desiccated corpse clinging to a light pole where the hair continued to uh, pros- uh, show itself off for several hours. Yeah, and that's actually really how this one ends, too, is like the hair lasted for four hours. And you're like, man, that was a pretty weird chapter, given what we've read. And like looking back on it from the end, like a lot of these early anthology chapters get referenced constantly in the end. You don't see any hair trees. I wonder why. (laughs) It's like, did you not think this one was good? (laughs) Well, that's not true. There's one that specifically got omitted from the collection that I'm like, I can see why you cut this one. Mm-hmm. So clearly he thought this was good enough to go in the collection and fair. It does establish I mean, why she gets the haircut. Yeah. But I guess what you're asking is why there weren't more, more girls who experienced this kind of hair display or even guys. It never even gets referenced again, other than the fact that Kyrie has short hair. Yeah. <laughs> that is the one thing about Uzumaki. Cause other, cause like this is, I mean, like it's really good, but <laughs> this is a very yeah. silly chapter. It's a little bit wacky. In the, the whole beginning is kind of wacky. Like, mm-hmm. it, it definitely does have, like, a the plot itself has, like, a spiral-like pattern of the early part is definitely, it's darker, but, like, in a lighthearted way that slowly draws you in until you're yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? And you realize it's too late to get out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's once the hurricanes start that things really kick off into full manic territory but we've got a few more chapters to get through before then oh man Uh, speaking of comedy chapters uh jack in the (laughs) box is literally just dude loves jumping out to scare people uh tries to jump this is also gets established everyone wants to date Kyrie. hey you have a boyfriend i still want to date you because this guy Mm. wants to he gets hit by a car trying to impress her saying like this car will stop gets eaten up by the car wheel so that like his entire bottom half is just destroyed for more jojo references he gets full on yoshikage kirad (laughs) there's a good world building thing because this one actually opens up with um because everyone cremated from the town has been forming spiral patterns even if they're cremated outside of town they're still spiraling up into the sky which kind of adds to the hedons like there's no escaping this like the people who left town still eventually came back like they're they're still cursed with the spiral but like what Mm. essentially has been established is because everyone's afraid of being cremated uh they've been burying people now and you're like oh wait hold on what's going on here and um essentially she's having nightmares that this guy's gonna come back to life Mm. and she and shuichi go and dig up the (laughs) it's like a really long way to go for a jack-in-the-box joke Mm. (laughs) like because you're like Oh, I get it, because he's he's the jack in the box. Well, they're going in like he's uh, like they're out of Bram Stoker's Dracula, like they're going to go drive a stake through his heart, cut off his head and fill the mouth with garlic. There's a, there's a really funny moment where uh, Kyrie asks the very reasonable question of what are we doing here? And Suichi pulls out, I'm going to drive a stake into his heart. And she says, I'm pretty sure he's not a vampire. <laughs> you don't know that. Which, in all fairness, considering what happens, because um, uh, they open up the casket, uh, he springs out because he's just popping up 
And then he's just like, Kyrie, be mine. And then he's hopping after them. And they're like, how is he hopping? And then his legs fall away because he's been decomposing for like a week. It reveals there's a spring there. And they're like, how did a sp- he grew a spring? And then he's hopping after them slowly falling. And then he just falls apart. And you're like, was he ever alive or was he just? <laughs> I don't I don't know. He was gurgling like a zombie. My favorite part is they're like, the spring. It's not his spine twisted up. It's the suspension spring from the car that killed him yeah <laughs> they never removed it and i'm like the amount of reconstruction they had to do they didn't remove the sp- <laughs> <laughs> anyway but that's let's take you away from the back the the whammy of this was a fucking, like chinese hopping vampire was yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was funny but like at the same time jinji ito's ability to draw really unsettling images that's a decent it is a scary zombie if you pay attention to none of the no, other no, contacts it's it's not even a bad like horror one shot it's just in this anthology it it feels the weakest mm. which oh yeah I mean, junji ito's weakest is definitely some people's it's still best out, so it's still extraordinary yeah and that's that's sort of why the whole like my suspension of disbelief problem is is a relatively minor issue because it's like any given image is horrifying onto itself. The context is usually pretty horrifying. Sometimes it's a little bit too wacky, but like, man, the, 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 like the zombie like image of it was one of the creepiest for me. Kind of ruins my segue. Cause I was going to say, oh, well, sorry. as long as we're, we're being negative, uh, let's move into the slug. <laughs> Cause, um, <laughs> This, is, this one's not my favorite, and I think it gets a little overplayed, but... Yeah. The, the snail is... Oh, yeah, that's, it's very important he's a snail, isn't it, rather than yeah. a slug? I didn't dislike it. It was definitely not the scariest, but it was the just... It was the most... What the... Fuck? It's not scary, it's creepy. It's well, it's it's very deeply unsettling, which is kind mm-hmm. of the point. Yeah, um, yeah I, I was going to save this for when it happens later, but it I, I'll just, you know, mention this in passing here. There was one point where Kyrie says to someone who sees snail people later, she just says, um, oh, yeah, that happens in this town sometimes. And it was supposed to be a scary moment. And I just burst out laughing. Mm-hmm. But like. To be fair, it was at that point where um, it starts getting into the more Lovecraftian elements of it, which was, you know, basically straight shot to the end at that point was mm-hmm. outstanding. So, yeah, and I, I guess the real horror of this one is that this is just happening. Yeah, because we, we really just follow the personal journey of this one guy who's known for being really slow, like he's always late to class and he's been getting slower and slower and Finally, he's only showing up when it rains, which conveniently it rains like every other day. Yeah, we, we enter the rainy season. No, I, you're right. I forgot. It had Man. been a drought and the rain had finally returned. So it was yeah. raining most days. Yeah. And he's he's only showing up and they keep going like, man, this guy's creepy. Also, he like comes to school drenched. Oh, man. Also, he's growing a shell on his back. Wait, hold on. He's a snail now. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Let's yeah. call his let's call his parents. His parents come to the school. They go, that's not our son. That's a snail. And I'm just reading this horror comic going like, did we really need? <laughs> yeah, th- there's an entire bit where after he fully becomes snail, he turns into the school's pet zoo exhibit science project. They actually put him into an exhibit. 
You know, like the class hamster, the class guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he becomes the class, class snail. human snail. Yeah, like this. This chapter really feels more concerned with like the minutia of what a human snail would be. Like, oh, we got to make sure we feed him. Oh, someone else who was bullying him became a snail. Well, let's put them together. Oh, you can't put snails together. They're hermaphroditic, so they're just gonna breed. Oh, nope, they can dig. Yep, and then they break out and go into the woods, and they uh, they find a whole bunch of eggs, which the the teacher is like, we cannot allow this abomination against nature to exist, and stamps out the eggs. And then the teacher comes to school the next day as a snail, and that's the chapter. Yep. And you're like, what did I just read? Gastropodal porn. <laughs> I mean, technically it does happen on screen, but... <laughs> it's okay it's okay because obviously they're not they're no longer human right so we don't need to feel nothing any... about this is okay wait hold on sam <laughs> i i am reading the outline here did you seriously summarize mosquito moms as the second half of a sentence what that's like a three chapter arc where where is this where are we at shaming the at the beginning evil, of the storm e- evil lighthouse and mosquito moms Sam, oh, is, yeah. are, you, are you trying to avoid the, the dynamic chapter that is the Mosquito Moms? I'm not saying I have trypophobia, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, it was a pretty big thing. It was. I honestly, I honestly uh, liked the lighthouse a lot. Yeah, the lighthouse is also really good, but the lighthouse yeah. is also really easy to summarize, essentially. I, I mean, there's an evil lighthouse. The local lighthouse has been acting weird. It suddenly started uh, sending out beams, even though no one's maintained it for years. Like I, the- almost, I almost feel like this one should have happened sooner because this is another one of those ones where it's like it almost seems like maybe there's a rational explanation for this. Because like once you have snail people, you've gone off the deep end. Actually, well, no, once you've had hair stand battles, you've gone off the deep so end. So the thing is, the lighthouse is when, like, it's not just people that are weird. No, like, that's the true. lighthouse yeah. is an environment that has become weird. So it, you can... The snail people, you can at least excuse, and, like, maybe something is weird. Like, maybe there's a disease. Like, mm. like yeah. something is weird. But this is, like, space itself is warped in that lighthouse, and there is something inherently other about it. And that's why I feel like it's really good where it is, because when the lighthouse happens, that's when you fully realize you have gone on like the first loop of the spiral that is this plot. Like yep. you have been brought back around to the beginning mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, no, we are in a very different place than where we started. And this is when it starts going further and further but in. That's something that I'm just thinking about now is even if the lighthouse is not maintained, what is restraining the lighthouse to only turn on, you know, after sunset? Because yeah, theoretically, like, if if this is powered by some other supernatural power, why wouldn't it, you know, be going all day? You know, it's fueled by, I'm assuming, the spiral spirals energy or whatever. So it's kind of odd that even though it's not maintained by, you know, humans, it's still adhering to, you know, human parameters of, oh, I'm only going to operate, you know, when there is... Me- that's kind of it, though. We never really get an explanation for the lighthouse. It's just we get like a weird maybe this is rational. Like it honestly feels like a justification from Kyrie oh, at the end. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, oh, well, because essentially what's happening is they climb up the lighthouse to figure out what's going on there. And as they get up, like it goes further and further into like this is way too tall for what it is also there are burnt skeletons also there are spirals everywhere and then they get to the top of the lighthouse and the bulb has melted into a spiral pattern 
Mm-hmm. And they go like, oh, there must have been some incredible heat. And now it's like malfunctioning. But then like, it's just like, like supposedly it's like the some like and like this is where it's like rational rationalizing away an explanation for something unexplainable where it's like the the light of the setting sun is like reflecting off of it somehow, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah. And like it's it's not a great explanation, but like I think that's the point is Kyrie is justifying this to herself and her brother because she's up there with some children. Because and I she, only mention this because when they run away, uh, guess who's one of them is too slow. As yeah. we see a child burned to death. And I'm like, Junji Ito, bold move. It's not really bold, it's realistic. We see I a mean, child get skeletonized. Yeah. I'm just saying I appreciate the realism because I don't appreciate, you know, when they're like, oh, children just don't get affected or children don't die. So anyway, yes, the mosquito moms, which I, I might have criminally underrepresented in in the outline. I'm sorry, you all have editing privileges. Look, I don't want to do the work. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Kyrie's cousin is pregnant and she goes to visit her in well, she, she actually doesn't no. go to visit her in the hospital. Kyrie is suffering from severe burns after the lighthouse incident. So and she, she happens she, to be in the hospital at the same time. She also twisted her ankle pretty bad falling down those stairs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm surprised actually that she only twisted her ankle. I'd be like, well, she even says she was super lucky. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I would have thought you would have broken a leg. Like, I wouldn't be surprised well, if you like it, broke your femur. Here's that the thing. Fall. Luckily, she fell on her brother. <laughs> <laughs> he absorbed the fall. Good little whiny brat. That's 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 a discussion for later. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get into her brother. Um, yep. And so Kyrie is uh, unable to just peacefully rest in the hospital and recover because weird needs to happen. Specifically, As- her cousin is visiting her while she's in the hospital because her cousin is there to um, stay in the maternity ward until she has her baby. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get a little thing about how um, mosquitoes breed in um, mosquito spirals. And you're uh, like, oh, no. Well, like specifically, they also mention the fact that only female like mosquitoes need blood to reproduce. Mm-hmm. They also I mean, mention that, gets, that. That gets mentioned later in like a separate conversation because they, they never stop talking about mosquitoes this entire time. But yeah, this, like, this is very much more about like the dread of the thing that, you know, is going to happen is going like, when is it actually well, going to happen? Because that's the thing is th- this like section is actually like a mini arc. It's like three chapters long yeah. where the buildup is that, um, you know what? Does Kyrie help her cousin into the hospital? Because she's no. the one who brings like the weird thing she had her luggage. No, she doesn't. She doesn't help her into the hospital. No, Kyrie's like she's literally already in the hospital. She hears that her cousin is going to be, you know, joining her. Yeah, the she had been in the maternity ward, but there wasn't enough room, so they moved her into a room with her cousin. And right. I mean, before that, they tell her that by the way, your cousin's also coming to the hospital. Oh, that's nice. I think they have a conversation before where she's still in the maternity ward. The maternity ward, they ha- they obviously have more women coming to the maternity ward. And they're like, oh, we're running out of beds. Oh, you're related. Can we also put her in with you to make yeah, more that, room? That, that makes I, I remember how this works now. So like she was in she was in the hospital before the maternity ward filled up. It's just they saw the relationship there and said, oh, can we ask you since you're related? Would you mind sharing a room with her? But essentially what the uh, main plot for this first one is, 
is that um, there has been some, um, there was a strange murder and people have been found drained of blood outside. I think there's been about two bodies or something. We only get one confirmed. And we see another guy get attacked. Yeah. So, yeah. Essentially, what this one boils down to is it's we have that conversation about how the only mosquitoes that suck blood are the uh, females so that they can lay their eggs. Like it's something they need to nurse the larva or whatever. We find out <laughs> that the maternity ward has learned the tricks of the mosquitoes so that they can create spiral patterns in the air that hypnotize people, after which they take hand drills. Yeah, that was the dumb, dumbest part of this. <laughs> oh, it's I, I love how dumb it is because you're like, well, obviously oh, nothing yeah. supernatural going on here. Further reason why I can't watch Gurnlog on anymore, because they use drills as murder weapons. Yep. <laughs> murder Technically not murder. Makes sense. To, to drain blood from a body, dumb. Well, look, the point is to be horrific, so naturally we have to use the most maiming thing we can think of. Well, you need the thing that looks the most like a mosquito's proboscis. Mm -hmm. Or if you really want, my, my favorite panel is when they're putting the luggage in uh, the, when the cousin's moving in. And I think it's Kyrie is holding the hand drill that's wrapped in paper. So like, what's this? And it's just a very phallic object. And you're like, oh, that's <laughs> I need this huge dildo because my husband is not able to join me in the hospital. You see, ma'am, I, I don't mean to pretend to be a doctor, but aren't you in the maternity ward? Might that? be a bad idea no shut up also this is also you know women are extremely horny don't you know Corbin's? also this is a very inappropriate setting there are other patients here your cousin is literally in the same room i'm not trying to like sex shame you or anything but this is not the time nor the place look at sam coming on to our podcast and kink shaming kink shaming <laughs> How dare you hey hey hey, hey. Women feel... deserve to have their needs met samuel I feel like I'm being reversaled on here. Yes, you are. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I am so glad I am a hermit. I am so glad. Anyway, the babies are born and the, the mothers drink to death some guy. And there's a really great scene where they're like, because these are still very conscious people. They're not like zombies. They're like, hey, this one girl saw us. It was Kyrie. And then she goes into um, her room and it's revealed that she found out her cousin is also a vampire expecting mother. And they all drank the blood of some dude and he's mm -hmm. dead. I think they killed multiple patients, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah like, um, the hospital is, like, emptying because they keep on going after patients at night. Mm -hmm. I think it all happened in one night is the well, big it, thing, though. It's it's at least two because it's mentioned in passing when um, Kyrie's cousin is going to her room out of the maternity ward that a bunch of people had died last night. So it, it's at least two nights of them, like, killing a bunch of patients. Yeah, I happened to be rereading Dracula in my annual October tradition when I got to this particular chapter, so I felt it was very thematically appropriate. <laughs> no, I, I really love this interpretation of vampires because that's what they are, is mm -hmm. they are like blood craved, um, like they're like female mosquitoes, like that interpretation. And but they are essentially vampires. They yeah. have some kind of hypnotism and like it's it's a really cool interpretation. Oh, yeah. And it's. Uh, very horrific. And then they give birth to monsters. <laughs> Weird little 
babies that have flesh mushrooms sprout from their stomachs. Yeah, Ky- Kyrie oh. spends no time every time one of these babies is mentioned going like, those babies were nursed on human blood in the womb. She says that at least like three times. Well, there uh-huh. is also there is also the anticipation of what the hell is going to get born. Mm-hmm. And then you see that it is a mostly normal-looking baby. There's like a level of detailing that Genji Ito usually puts into the horror stings for all of the babies. So it's like there's nothing you can't point well, out. The that question thing is would wrong be about them. why would. But I mean, considering all that we have, why would they be different? They their mothers are consuming human blood. It's not animal blood. It's not supernatural creature blood. It's literally of the same species. Right, because nobody turned into a snail or anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not saying it's not gross and, and not. I'm just saying, like, what, did, what were you expecting? I mean, if, if, you, if you didn't think it was gross yet. Um, <laughs> the, the flesh mushrooms. What, what flesh mushrooms? These are just normal mushrooms that are so delicious. You must try the mushrooms. All this of the hospital's of- food has been replaced with the mushrooms. This tastes an awful lot like meat. Oh, yes, mushrooms often are used as a substitute. No, I mean, it literally tastes like meat. So delicious, right? This isn't a substitute. This is just meat. This is flesh and muscle. The one doctor who's just like, I wish I could be paid in mushrooms. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it eventually. Well, we, we have a series of horrific events as. Um, Kyrie happens to wander past the new deliveries room and overhears the babies in perfect adult speech talking about how, man, the outside world's bullshit. I want to go back in the womb. That was great. And then that moment that I understood exactly how they must feel. Jesus. <laughs> the real yeah. life isn't that isn't that great comparatively. Oh, well, that's the direction you were going. OK, I'm just saying there's. There's, it's cold, <laughs> there are bills, there's, you know, various social elements. We don't kink shame on the Overmanga cast, even on birthing. Was not going there, but okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. We're trying real hard not to, I suppose. Uh, anyway, um, Kyrie is then like, okay, this is weird. I'm going to go see my cousin. Doctor, what are you doing here? Why are all these flesh mushrooms here? Why is my cousin's stomach suddenly bulging and she's got a lot of stitches? Oh, God. Did you know that the placenta is shaped like spirals? It is from where all life is born and where all the life must return. When I cut those babies' placentas, they did not stop growing. They formed these mushrooms. Also, it is every child's goal to be returned to the womb, and I have completed the operation. Oh my god! Okay, Freud, slow your fucking roll! And then we get an amazing panel of this woman who has had her baby sewn back into her running after Kyrie for some reason Kyrie was the uh closest i think oh she needs blood that's yeah. why she needs she, blood and Kyrie's and, the closest person. yep and he, the doctor was going to feed it to her cousin but like there's a last minute thing where she instead shoots her needle tongue out <laughs> to kill the doctor instead well, Kyrie struggles and gets away and the doctor gets hit instead of her. She's trying to leave this hospital because that's, you know, the rational thing to do at this point, because, wow, this place is not great. And um, 
F out of there, yeah. And the door opens and a bunch of the patients notice all the flesh mushrooms. She thinks she's getting help. She's not because uh, the patients descend on the flesh mushrooms. Mm-hmm. At which point, Ky- like uh, her cousin is like looming over the people eating the placenta flesh mushroom things. And uh, Kyrie just leaves, which, yeah, fair. The smartest thing anyone's done this whole manga. And in all fairness, I think a lot of you got your guys' concerns would be absolved is if this chapter, not this chapter, this chapter had a good ending. If the next chapter began with just, hey, mom, dad, I think we should move. And they're like, oh, you're right. Maybe maybe things have been getting weird and then have like the. And then they couldn't. Yeah, no, that would. And then have the news broadcast come on that just says, by the way, a hurricane is coming through. And they're like, well, we can't leave during a hurricane. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And it's like basically basically what I'm saying is even earlier, like the first times like Kyrie sees someone die, her mentioning like in passing, like maybe we should move away and her parents just dismissing it out of hand and she drops it. And then this happens and it's like, can we please leave? Because this is definitely not okay. I have seen multiple people die. And then the hurricane hits and they can't, you know, like. It's it, it's the little things that would have alleviated that problem, but uh... but whatever. It's hurricane season. Suichi is rightly freaking the hell out about it because hey, what shape do hurricanes take? Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> oh, that's bad. And I, I know what you're thinking, dear audience. If for some reason you didn't do the reading, you're like, oh man, is this some could be some kind of horrible natural disaster movie? No, it's going to be a stalker. (laughs) Yes, because as we said, Kyrie is the most beautiful and pure thing in the entire universe. And and so the hurricane swoops up over the town. The eye of the hurricane stops right above the town and the wind is screaming Kyrie's name. Hey, did anyone else hear the wind? I thought it was calling Kyrie's name last night. (laughs) Yeah, that's really weird. Anyway, it seems the storm's over. I oh no, the eye is just hovering right above town. And then Suichi comes and is like, what are you doing outside? Didn't you hear the wind screaming your name? Well, I was kind of pretending that didn't happen. That's stupid at this point in the story. Don't ever do that again. OK. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so they run from the hurricane stalker for a bit and a, a person dies. Of course, they get it mistaken for her. Uh-huh. And then there's a really great scene where they're hiding under a bridge. The hurricane can't find them. And then you get to see Kyrie look in a mirror like a turning mirror on the road and through the mirror she can see the eye of the hurricane and Suichi's like oh no as it can see us too as it dips lower to then reach under the bridge and pulls up yeah which man that must have looked weird on the meteorological radars you know what really looked weird was um when this hurricane suddenly gets sucked up into dragonfly pond as it's just like i'm meeting you now Mm-hmm. There is the point where the national news points out. So, yeah, this hurricane just kind of stopped directly over this town. That's weird, right? Everyone else <laughs> thinks this is weird, right? And then it, it just disappeared. That's weird, right? And then that happened five more times. <laughs> yeah. At some point in this, I think it's by Hurricane 2 or 3, the town is in shambles, particularly around Dragonfly Pond, which is where Kirei's family lived. So they're homeless now, and so they're forced to live in one of the old decrepit longhouses. Kairi's mom and brother are very adamantly against this, 
irritatingly so. But, you know, it's the only option they have, so they have a roof over their heads, and sure, it's weird. Our One of our neighbors is a creepy guy, and the other neighbors are squatters, probably with some sort of disease, but, you know, we've we've got a roof over our heads. We can make the most of it. Well, that's that's the weird thing is the creepy neighbor guy. We only know is creepy because the second he closes his door, he does like weird creep monologues. Like in his he, conversation he looks- with Kyrie, he's real charming is his whole thing. Like mm-hmm. and then he looks through a peephole from his room into uh, the Goshima family's room. It's like, oh, Kyrie, you're so beautiful. I should make another hole closer to where you sleep so I can watch you sleep. And then we leave him alone for the rest of the manga. And you're like, where'd that guy go? Uh, Oh, he turned into a weird spiky spiral monster. Great. Because I thought like he was just another resident who happened to be obsessed with Kyrie. And he got stuck on the wall. Uh, Yeah. While he was spying. Like, this is another one where I'm like, the payoff doesn't really work that well. This one at least gets referenced later, but kind of in like a making fun of it way. Yeah. Yeah. The people in this longhouse develop wart, very painful warts that grow into spiky spirals, first starting out of their feet and hands and then growing to cover their entire body until they die from it. And that's what happened to Squatter Sun. And then a creepy guy turns into a spiral monster. Kool-Aid man's through a wall right as the Goshima family's like, man, we're getting all these weird spiral warts. This sucks. Maybe we should go somewhere else. Uh This house is infected. We will leave it now. And then they do. And then they do. And the spiral warts go away on them. And yeah. And and then the most (laughs) this ever gets referenced again is when a character comes into the longhouse, Kyrie decides to introduce a longhouse as, oh, don't worry. This one isn't infected to a character who has no idea (laughs) what that means. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, dear listeners, it's time that we entered the fallout portion of our reading. (laughs) Yeah, because we get a we get a perspective shift to a news crew who is coming through the tunnel to investigate this place that has had six hurricanes disappear down a just disappear from the uh, mm-hmm. weather man's point of view. It's really weird, like relief efforts from the Red Cross and volunteers and other news crews have gone in, but nobody's been able to get out. So we're going to go in and we're going to get the scoop. Is that a dust devil following our car? And then the, the car gets flung and only one person survives. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty clear that the other two don't make it. The very normal thing of the survivor, the news girl is. Uh... Yeah, Chie, I think her name is. I really remember her name because she's essentially third main character for the yeah. rest of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chie, that's her name. Chie, right. Um, Chie goes off to. But yeah, uh, the town has entered a new state of chaos as the numerous hurricanes have knocked down every building except the longhouses, which are mysteriously immune Uh, and walking too fast, talking too loud, making too much noise. It summons destructive whirlwinds as everyone is hard enough. You become an airbender. Yeah, everyone's an out of control airbender. Hold on. These three children are tied up. (laughs) I should go save them. Oh, nope. (laughs) Oh, no, the the kids are actually just psychos who use their new destructive powers for destructive purposes. Great. Like it, like at one point, the three kids go to a, a longhouse and the people crammed in the longhouse are like, I thought we tied those kids up. What idiot released them? 
Well, I mean, you can't completely fault her for obvious reasons. I mean, if you saw uh-huh. kids randomly tied up, you'd be like, oh, my God, yeah. these horrible well, people. That, that's entirely <laughs> the point. But also, like, this is also where the, the plot goes, like, the second wrap around as things just get wild because there is literally a fight between grown people hiding in a house that are, like, very packed in, blowing out the window to create tornadoes to kill children who are trying to blow the house down with their tornado powers. Mm-hmm. They will huff and they will puff. But unfortunately, those kids get huffed and puffed, but they are not blown down. They are blown up and realize they can ride the tornadoes to become tornado riders. This inspires others to also become tornado riders. Anyway, the longhouses are incredibly overpacked. So a lot of people are just wandering around making shelter beneath the rubble. And also we're kind of running out of food. How about we cannibalize the snail people? I saw someone else doing it. They said it was the most delicious meat they'd ever eaten. Well, there's also some debate about whether it's cannibalism. You know, they're no longer human anymore, okay, right? There, there's justification that doesn't really sit well yes. with anyone. Like, it's not a debate. <laughs> the only people who are okay with it are the people who have already lost their minds, including the guys who turn into World War II uh, pilots. On hurricanes, I guess. Yeah, they, they ride the... My favorite part about those uh, literally like Mad Max wasteland bandits is they're like, we've mastered the tornadoes. Those kids, they died not knowing the tornado's power. <laughs> they just mentioned yeah. those kids just got blown away at some point. Do, at one point, don't they actually like... Uh, like, Jacob, at one point, don't these those guys actually use like air... Uh, like dogfighter lingo they they, they go and throw out a tornado and they say fox too i don't i don't think that they i don't think that they use modern brevity codes but they do use a couple of they use like commonly known world war ii brevity code not awfully either they actually used it correctly so i was i was on board with it we're we're in the part where uh you've descended deep enough into the madness that you have no idea you're you're just along for the ride at this point is really what's going on because like um uh, the the brother starts snailifying at some point, but they get kicked out of the house. I think it's because the brother wants to go join the tornado well, rider. They're, oh, they're looking for food. They're That's looking right. for food. And when they want to come back, like they bring more people and the people in the house are like, it's already over capacity. We're not letting you back in. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, the door doesn't even open because they're like, we're crammed to the they're packed they're literally packed in like sardines this is actually the part where we get the moment where or i guess i guess if the cannibalism no the cannibalism cannibalism moment happens now because they had been going out looking for food but they couldn't find any and they instead came back with more people but the um longhouse was full so um uh oh, Kyrie because- takes the group to um a new location and they find one of the snails Specifically, it's the uh, bandits are roasting a snail. And they're like, ooh, they have meat. And they're like, we'll give you the meat. You got to join us and be a a rough rider. It was around this point where Chie like sees one of the giant snails and like, oh, my God, that's a giant snail. And Kyrie just completely nonplus just says in passing, yeah, that happens in this town sometimes. And like, I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but I laughed so hard at that. 
<laughs> um, that was the point. That was the point where it tipped over for me because now, now we're getting into it goes from being like spooky spiral stuff is happening to now it's like full on like a really done, well done like Lovecraftian, you know, reality warps around your shattered yep. mind sort of thing. Like the horror is not that scary things are happening. The horror is like the fact that scary things can happen like uh-huh this was the part where like i said the beginning i really liked the beginning the middle i meh personally met on but you know your mileage will vary and then the ending was really great because you get into some serious like lovecraftian mythos like you were you were strapped in and just along for the ride like yeah. the last oh, half yeah. like you are you are qu- everything is thrown at you rapid fire the the chapters are essentially stream of consciousness like there's very little breaks between them it's at this point where um they decide they they need to leave they need to leave this town Kyrie starts losing parents yeah Kyrie's parents get blown away in the whirlwinds, but it's when they try to go into a longhouse and they realize that the people in the longhouses are so thickly packed together that they've become entangled, looking a lot like Suichi's dad. And um, to the point where they are bursting out of the longhouses and so are picking up the various rubble left behind by the hurricanes to expand the longhouses horizontally, as it turns out. I think that happens after, but yeah, th- that's essentially what's happening. You, they're, they're... you start to see that. You start to see that, and then it's like, okay, we're going to leave. We are going to walk straight out of here until we find something that is not this godforsaken town. And some of the group decides to stay behind and build a shelter, you know, to like wait out the madness or whatever. They're like, oh, the only things that are staying up are the longhouses. But what if you extend the longhouses? We could do that. So they they go off and do that. And then uh, the main crew is just like, no, we're getting out of here. And they're like, well, what if we just keep walking into the woods like the tunnel? The tunnel looped back upon itself and turned into a a uh, bottomless pit from a platformer game at some point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The tunnel behaves exactly like how the lighthouse behaved was it starts getting steeper and steeper. Mm -hmm. They decide, let's go off into the woods. That's where all the snail people go. Maybe that'll work. And they start going and they run into some people who split off from them and they're like, oh no, we're looping around in the woods. And the people they split off from have a one of their teammates in a uh, rope tie. And they're like, why is that guy tied up? Oh, he's mobile food. He's turning into a snail. And He'll be real tasty once he finishes changing. You've seen people eat snails at this point, but like at this point, they had at least waited until they were snails. These people are actively waiting for this guy to become a snail. Like, they are real into eating snail. Uh, Did did we talk about the point where a guy uh, crawls into a snail shell munching as he goes? Not yet. That that actually leads up to that. But I mean, I just wanted to add a point, the fact that at this point, because they haven't been able to get emergency rations, like this town is literally starving. So, I mean, that's an aspect that needs to be considered. Like, farmers are not able to farm. They're not able to go to the grocery store, all that stuff. Like they're literally having like having to scavenge for food, mostly plant material, what they're able to find in the woods. If helicopters fly in, they get sucked down into Dragonfly Pond. Yeah, desperation leads to a desperate answer and then people start rationalizing it. And once you hit Mm -hmm. that point, the levels of depravity... It's not just the fact, it's just not, it's not just the effects of the spiral that's causing people to go insane. There's also the element of literally there is 
no alternative. The extremity of the situation, in addition to the supernatural shenanigans, is what's causing exactly. this. But unfortunately, after finding these people real happy to eat a snail, it's at this point um, Kyrie comes to the realization that her brother has been slowly snailifying. He has been slowing down. That's why they decide to leave is he does the very beginning of it. Yeah, he starts he starts like being unable to move quickly. And they're like, yeah, we can't wait for uh, rescue or for this to end. We're just gonna go. They all go as a single group, but um, Kyrie, Chie, and Kyrie's brother, whose name I can't recall, they choose to sneak away from the other group because when the other group realizes that one of their people is in like the middle stages of snailifying, they're like, oh, that's great. That means we have food. At which point, Chie, Kyrie, uh, Suichi, uh, and the little brother all look at each other like, let's leave this group, maybe. So while they're like, yeah, let's go. While they're talking about um, whether or not they'll cook him or eat him raw, um, the group sneaks away. But, um, you know, they end up like meeting back up again, going in opposite directions, even though both groups were traveling straight. Everything spirals. And when they meet up again, uh, the guy is about one step away and then ticks over to full snail. Like his, he falls out of his clothes, I think is how it's determined. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, dinner's on, boys. And they turn around and Kyrie, who is current, they've been following Kyrie too, with the implication of like, hey, why are you carrying that boy? Is he also a snail? He might be tasty. No, 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 no. I, I don't have a boy with me. This is just a backpack. Or no, he has a backpack. He, he has a backpack, right? My brother's just tired. But anyway, they're distracted because this guy's a snail now and they're like, hold on, we got to eat him raw like they do in the wild. I'm going to crawl into his shell and eat his face. And I'm like, oh, my God. <clears throat> ah, that feeling of crawling into the spiral, the soft flesh of his face breaking underneath my teeth. Oh, it was sublime. Pretty sure that was a direct quote. I Did, did multiple of them crawl into the shell or... No, that was just the guy who crawled in the shell that said that. The, okay. It's the guy. He kept crawling in, and the others were like, hey, quit being greedy. Stop hogging for your own. And that's when our main character squad got the hell out. They leave at that point with the with the other members of the group trying to pull him back out of the snail shell. So it's like whether or not like he crawled all the way in the spiral and ate everything, or if the other guys did something similar, we don't know. Personally, I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they get to a cliff, and at this point, uh, her brother has completely snailified, mm -hmm. and they are essentially stuck, and they're like, oh no, we walked all this way, and I can see the town from here. Like, they are now the closest they've been, despite walking so far away, and they're like, I, I can't, we can't get out of here. Like, Suichi and Chie are just like, we, what do we do? And they're like... I'm going to let him go. He has the most chance on his own because we're right on a cliff. He can cl crawl down this. He might be a snail, but at the very least, he'll be alive, which he won't be if those people like a minute behind us find us. Mm. And she's like, don't worry. When all this is over, I'll come find you and we'll figure this out. Maybe you'll get out on your own. Like, maybe this will be solved. The important part is that everyone is too physically exhausted to run. So it's just a very slow, very tense just everyone is walking and mm -hmm. yet it's a chase scene and that just makes it all the more agonizing yeah yep 
And then she uh, she lets her brother go. He crawls down and they walk away. And then they finally catch up with them and they're like, oh, I guess that was just a backpack. Anyway, we're back in town. Holy crap, what has gone on? There is a giant spiral of buildings. And the guy who stayed behind to build them comes out with like a full beard. It's like, my God, you guys are back. It's like you've been gone six years. <laughs> we, we were gone. Wait, how long were we gone? Time doesn't make sense anymore. Well, at first, like they're looking down and it is a it, it's like a maze because uh, not all of the longhouses have been connected in the spiral yet. They're going back because um, they want to find uh, Kyrie's parents who have, you know, like vanished in the various mega tornadoes, which they noticed aren't happening anymore. They're proceeding through this maze, like cutting, you know, into the spiral by going through sections that haven't been completed yet. Like eventually they'll hit like a bunch of um, destroyed like buildings that are blocking the way. Um, so they'll hit dead ends and they have to find. They try and like knock on the doors, but like they're full of the like. It's a flesh mass at this point. Is yeah, there are people who have cobbled together. And the second they hear people walking outside, they're like, hold on, we got something for you. And they are dropping off the people who died inside the bodies. Like, you won't believe how long it took us to untangle him. He's starting to smell mm -hmm. and they have to keep walking. And the and that's, it, the, point, that's the point where they meet the, the guy the, who stayed behind and he's just like don't worry the spiral's almost done i'm just cleaning up the corpses because they're doing the building work on the inside and you're like oh my god how did you get roped into this i just love building spiral buildings yeah, that explains it they are making their way towards the center of town where they hear that somebody has been making a uh, beautiful spiral pottery art and Kiri's like yeah that sounds like my dad my dad was kind of relapsing into i guess i should focus on my pottery because he explicitly says he doesn't want to escape with the brother because i want to focus on my work he doesn't mm -hmm. want to leave the town so she's like oh he might be alive in the center of town because the center of town is Dragonfly Pond. And that's where all of the spirals are leading to. Yeah. And that's also where he was getting the clay from. So like that's where he would be, if anywhere. And that's the center of the spiral building. And we have to walk the entirety of way around it because it is a complete spiral at this point. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. It's not a complete spiral and there's blockages. So the other thing is that there's a bit of a race element to it because you can see the places mm -hmm. where there are gaps being filled in. Oh, it's so creepy because it's like the hands coming out and doing the individual work as like the mass of just people is pushed further to like, ugh. Yeah, and so creepy. the thing is, it, it's getting more and more complete. So because they know if they hit a blockage, they can't go any further. They have to go through the gaps. So even if there is a gap that is rapidly closing, they have to make a break for it. And unfortunately, Chie doesn't make it in one of those as the house completes in front of her and she's subsumed amongst the flesh tangled. Oh. One of us. <laughs> one of us. One of us. They hit a dead end and they're like, oh, crap, we have to find a way out or else we'll be, you know, stuck inside the like this closed part of the spiral. Kyrie and Shuichi uh, are able to, you know, leap through just in time. Um, and when Chie, like it closes on Chie, um, like there's this there's the beat of, yeah, she's not, you know, there's no surviving that. And then like there's the there's like this sound like it's it's mostly portrayed through the characters reactions more so than like mm -hmm. onomatopoeia sound effects 
but like there's this sound of like something rushing through the houses well what you get first is like you get someone like right after that building gets completed you hear someone from inside call out we're all done here and then like you get a panning shot of like that being called out all over the town and then silence and then the like it's like sludgy water being sucked down a pipe which i mean kind of technically true Uh uh-huh and they're like everything's fallen really quiet should we should we go down the spiral alleyway now? And Suichi's like, no, the houses will be empty. They've been sucked into the spiral. And uh, he opens the nearest door to the longhouse. And it's completely empty. <laughs> it is completely empty, spookily empty. This whole, like, sequence is, it, it reaches peak just everything is wrong vibes as they get to uh, the center of the town and the and Dragonfly Pond, which is empty now. There's just some spiraling stairs going down into the darkness. We don't have to go down there, right? We have to go down there. Yeah, we have to. Since you brought it up, we have to go down there. There's nowhere (laughs) else to go. We have to keep moving forward. Yep. One tangled flesh person didn't make it down in the initial suck. And it's like, take me down with you, please. And they said it's so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, and... uh, knocks Suichi down the center of the stairs, falling into the abyss. Uh, that's a that's a reference for all my Dark Souls players out there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kyrie's like, I guess I'm alone now. Guess I'm going to keep going down now. And finds this Gurren Lagann acid trip, this Rulier-looking-ass spiral city in a giant yeah. underground cavern. Yeah, the underneath is like this big alien architecture centered around like spiral shapes everywhere, like etched in stone. And like it's a giant city all underground with like glowing spirals. And I mean, it's really if old Howie had said uh, whirling spirals instead of non-Euclidean angles. Mm. I like how if you're being really pedantic, uh, you are mispronouncing Riley every single time because there is no way of pronouncing it it's apparently <laughs> unpronounceable by human tongue yes matt that's the point <laughs> no matter what way i pronounce it i am both wrong and correct because my mortal tongue cannot do so but Kyrie walks down there and finds the petrified forms of all the townsfolk including her family now there's one not petrified person it's suichi who's stretched like a twizzler no he isn't he's he's underneath some people Oh, that's right. Oh, no, no, the twizzlering happens after Kyrie's like, I don't have the strength to go on anymore. And he's like, neither, neither do I. Let's just embrace like that. Romantic weird... end. Yeah. I just, like this route. Let's just embrace like that weird sea serpent couple from a from like a dozen chapters ago. Yeah, OK. Yes. That's true love. Because <laughs> um, uh, it, it is it's... weirdly sweet in that way. <laughs> It's revealed that uh, Suichi survived his fall because the floor was a writhing mass of flesh. Yes. That slowly hardened into stone, which is where she found her parents. And um, mm-hmm. Suichi kind of ruminates for a bit, going like, well, as the author insert, let me just explain some exposition that I'm going to assume. Um, I think suspiciously th- right about a lot of things, isn't he? He's just like, I think this is some kind of ancient spiral architecture. Things are always drawn to the center of a spiral. And this is the biggest spiral of them all. The city itself was a spiral. We were always being drawn here, and this 
civilization seems to still be drawing things in, still building itself, despite the fact its creators have left it long ago. We need to destroy it, but I am too weak. Please, go forth and do my bidding and destroy it so that we can end this madness. And that's when uh, Kyrie goes, I can't. I'm tired. I can't move any further. I have done all I can do. Can I just die in your arms? And then they intertwine their arms and pass away peacefully. The narration, which has been from Kyrie this entire time, ends with that single blissful moment of being in Suichi's arms stretched on into infinity. Because actually, in all fairness, they they don't die. What what has happened is like the spiral is twisting time so that like when they were on the outside of it, time was passing like incredibly quickly for them. So when they got to the center of it, it's essentially like a frozen moment of time that will it just lasts forever. They are they are in that embrace for eternity. Yep. They're the door shuts behind them. It is posited that because of the age of the row houses, this is, must have happened before. And even then, those row houses aren't this old. This must happen, if not every hundred years, probably even sooner. It's just all record of it vanishes because everything's gone. The town's it, gone, except for a few lingering ruins. Yep. And the time shenanigans are weird, too, because what felt like an eternity for us may have only been like days on the outside world or like... Mm. And everyone who tries to, who has the inclination to go look for them disappears. The one thing that I can't help but notice, because it's like it's not just the fact that the national news mentions that the 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 hurricanes were doing weird things is um they send the not the navy yeah the national self defense navy it's they Japan still technically doesn't have a navy but they send the navy they call it the coast guard and uh, me and not Jay talked navy. Me and Jay talked about does Japan have a Coast Guard or was that a translation thing? And then I never looked it up, which would have been smart to do before my podcast. Um, <laughs> Either way, uh, several battleships and other you know, very expensive military tech gets destroyed in a giant whirlpool. So, yeah, that was uh, Uzumaki. That's Uzumaki. I mean, there was also a side chapter about galaxies coming to life and giving people uh, mind reading powers, but that was excluded from the official collection. It was only included as a bonus, and I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, yeah, okay, Jinji, I've read Color Out of Space, okay? <laughs> oh, did Jinji? It's, it's very much the case where I think that one actually in a lot of ways... Now that one's closer to Whisper and Darkness than Color Out of Space. I really like Lovecraft, can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> that one actually kind of ties back into something that I had been saying earlier, because like the thing is, the individual chapters as anthology stories are quite good. But when they try to build like th that middle where they tried to build continuity with each other, when they were still very obviously just individual anthology stories was sort of the issue that I had. So I really appreciated that it was stuck outside of the, you know, especially because like. The explanation for galaxies have been showing up kind of ruins the bit at the end of this where it's just like, hey, this is only the town. The town yeah. is sucking people in, not the town is sucking galaxies in is kind of. Mm -hmm. But it's also not because only the because it's still localized in the town. But like this kind of goes into the thing of um, I kind of feel like the fact that it was the same main character every time was in all honesty, Uz Uzumaki's biggest problem. But even that said, eh, it's not that like it doesn't ruin it. But again, as stated before, mileage may vary. So anyway, we've come to the end of our reading and it's time for our discussion. Uh, what the <laughs> was that? <laughs>
It's Uzumaki, Eating. man. It's it's classic Junjei Ito. It yeah. Is... Because I appreciate his work, everything, it, yes. It, it will, makes perfect sense. I will say, despite all the horror, this had a really cathartic ending. Mm. In the strict definition of what catharsis is, it was a release of emotions. It was a constantly building tension, and eventually it became weariness because horror was happening all the time. And then, even though it didn't end happily, it just ended. And that allowed for that release. There's a piece to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's also arguably kind of a happy ending, because, like, it's... Everyone came together in the spiral, which is apparently the best. More so, the two principal characters are eternally in each other's embrace as they wanted. So yeah, like, like they're, they are victims to an unfortunate situation, but it's not necessarily a sad ending for them. Like, yeah, they get a better ending than one could have expected from how horrifying everything mm-hmm. else was. Yep. And like, I mean, one thing I really appreciate about Uzumaki is just the fact that it very much feels like, especially given the like, um, call with the his uh like bonus chapters of him like talking to his editor <laughs> it very much seems like junji ito just went like okay what if i just made like an anthology book where i have like a single theme between all the stories of like i i just make something mundane like really scary what's something that i could make scary like oh what about like a spiral pattern what can i do with that and then like each chapter is just like what can i do to make spirals scary and like i really appreciate that creativity and like some bits don't fit but like some bits really do and just the fact like jack in the box even though i make fun of it it's fun and it's creative it does mm-hmm. something hey, interesting hey creativity is born by limitation yeah, and like it, it, this very much feels like he challenged himself to write an anthology series about where all the things are going to be spiral related. And then probably at some point was like, I know, I'll make this like a, I'll string this along to be a cohesive narrative. And some of that fits better than others. But yeah. And uh, our second discussion question uh, favorite character. This might seem like a weird choice, but I, I like Mr. Goshima. I like Kairi's dad. Something about the fact that he was caught in between Mr. Saito obsessed with a spiral and also, okay, this is wrong. This something, something isn't right here. I shouldn't be doing this. Felt very relatable. Like, it seems like that's the sort of thing that would happen to me in a weird, in a weird supernatural phenomenon where like, you don't really have control over yourself, but you understand something's wrong. So you're subconsciously fighting it, but you can't really stop. And I felt he was a very relatable character in that way. Yeah, like he's the guy who the entire town is stuck in a whirlpool. He's the man trying to swim his way out. Meanwhile, Suichi's dad was the man who's like, sweet whirlpool and swam to the center. Mm hmm. Meanwhile, uh, I guess Kyrie in this example is sitting on the beach going like, man, they're all having some fun out there. And that sure is a, whirl- a whirlpool. Man, oh, no, I'm... people are drowning. <laughs> oh, well, I better get in a boat with my brother. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Kyrie is more waiting in the whirlpool. <laughs> Jake, how about your favorite character? Despite my complaint about the fact that like she falls into the horror cliche of why don't you just leave or at least try. Um, I really do like Kyrie a lot. 
she's a nice person and she shows a lot of strength of character over the course of the insane stuff that happens. A close second would definitely be uh, Suichi because it is sort of fun watching him be the only one who has any idea what's going on, guess correctly a bunch of times and be really angry when people don't pay attention to him because he's obviously right. There is a uh, pretty serious level of relatableness to Kairi. Um, sort of similarly with, um, you know, like Sam being able to see himself and Kyrie's father. This actually, I think, goes into why I had such an issue of why didn't she at least try to leave earlier. But I hope I would be the kind of person that Kyrie is. So the fact that it's so obviously an out of control situation and she doesn't even try to leave, I think, is why it bugged me as much as it did. She is, under normal circumstances, a nice, humble person who's just living her life. And then when she and then once we suddenly are in fallout out of nowhere, it steps up and kind of becomes a bit of a leader to the group and uh, in a pretty noticeable way. You know, like it's like, why isn't Suichi leading it? Well, it's because he's so morose and he can barely be uh, convinced to do anything. And Kyrie steps up and just gets things done. Su Suichi has come to the conclusion that there is no escape, mm -hmm. which while correct <laughs> doesn't really help you. Uh do well, anything the problem is there's no help and nothing you do matters so in all yeah. fairness suichi is equally as right but that's why he isn't in like a leadership position because yeah, he's, exactly he's no longer fighting what he can't change it's only when they finally have like an easy solution of like i guess we're going in so matt how about your favorite character no it's it's hard for me to pick favorite characters in horror because like they're not really the point if that makes any sense mm -hmm. um yeah no I understand what you mean. Like, uh, Suichi's a really good pick just because he is fun. But, oh, you know what? I, I'm going to go with uh, Kairi's cousin. She is my favorite because she <laughs> she has that amazing duality to her of like, oh, I'm so kind and innocent to I am literally a monster. <laughs> and she has some chapters to play around. So, mm. yeah, I, I think I'll pick Kairi's cousin just to be different. All right. And Jay. Now. Favorite character would be hands down Suichi because he knows what the heck is going on. And so many times I share his frustration in dealing with those around him who do not seem to understand the gravity of the situation. Second character, I'd have to also agree with Bikairi for the aforementioned reasons. And I would have to add that my least favorite character, because I didn't have a chance to elaborate, is Mitsuo. Because I can't stand how many times I understand. He is eight, but he is really annoying. He is as an eight year old. You can tell when stuff is wrong. You can tell this is not the time to be complaining or to be like, I don't know. It was just he was he was purposefully irksome so many times. And it just grated on me to a level that was uncomfortable for me. But I just had to get that in. He was very irritating. Gotcha. That's that's fair. That is completely reasonable. All right. And out of all the weirdness that happened in this manga, what was your favorite weird spiral phenomenon? I think mine was the hurricanes because all of the different things like uh, people collapsing into spirals or turning into snails and stuff. That's weird on like a personal level. Something about a natural phenomenon, a disaster scale natural activity of the Earth becoming wrapped up in this. 
elevated this from just like personal horror to existential crisis horror. And I, as much as it was silly, I still like appreciated that for the transition into the more Lovecraftian elements of this. So that's my choice. Uh, Jay, your favorite phenomenon. My favorite would had to would have had to be it's a tie between the Scar and Medusa because they were just the most fantastical um, depictions of the spiral. They're also both essentially the same plot. <laughs> I mean, no, but I can see certainly why you would feel that way. Um, I just felt that they were just so outlandishly both captivating but also um, kind of alluded to some of, like, the um, previous girl-on-girl illusions from other manga that I just really appreciated that element of it, as opposed to, like, everything coming from either their environment or from acquaintances. This was someone that were personal to the main character herself and were things that I thought were... Well, also well-published, you know, outside of Junji Ito. Um, They're just also obviously out there in the collective consciousness. But I just also really enjoyed how, like, profound they kind of were. I mean, obviously there are other examples in Uzumaki, but these were the ones that really kind of stick with you. All right. Uh, Matt, how about you? Oh, 100% Mosquito Moms. I absolutely loved everything in the hospital. It's a nice little three-up arc that goes from like, oh, this is a really cool interpretation of vampires. Oh, this is a really weird thing about, I guess they're eating like weird baby placentas. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, oh my God, the babies want to go back inside the, ro- the womb and <laughs> Dr. Mengele there is doing it with his weird Nazi surgery, which isn't really even a thing from him. I just assume all doctors are evil from Helsing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, go back to our previous Halloween episode for more details. (laughs) Sam, that was an episode we recorded on Halloween, not... (laughs) 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 Just just listen to the episode on Halloween. It counts. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It does. Go, Go listen to Helsing right after this. Indeed. Do it. Then tweet us and tell us you did it. <laughs> and Jacob, your favorite spiral phenomenon. So actually, the the funny thing is, um, I think that my favorite was actually the last one. Because the really fun thing about that ending of like seeing this underground city is my wheels started turning on trying to understand because it's like it gives you just enough information that you can start to piece together some kind of explanation and obviously this is one of those things that like you know you can never know that's part of the point but i the reason why i like stuff that does that is i think this is intentional at least some of the time i sort of take that as a challenge i was very interested in the landscape that was beneath the town that um, got explored in that last chapter. I absolutely want to just take my Bloodborne character and run around that <laughs> <laughs> and just and just wander around there. That would be my that would be my main pick. If you if if someone were to say you can't pick the last chapter because that's like saying that like the spiral event itself and that doesn't count. Um, my next one after that would definitely be the lighthouse because one of the things that I liked about the lighthouse is. Um, 
it it scared me specifically because I was on the edge of my seat, not sure. I'm concerned that the little boy is not a character and therefore he can die. Uh, and you don't want to see children die. Uh, Kyrie's brother is technically narratively expendable. Kyrie's the only character who has plot armor. And even then, it's more of an anthology series than anything else. So strictly speaking, even Kyrie isn't totally invincible from a narrative perspective. So the ending of like like realizing that wait this lighthouse is taller than it should be there are burnt skeletons and it exudes light I know where this is going this is bad I need to get to the top I need to get the kids and I need to leave as soon as possible and that tension was a really like visceral like it's the same sort of visceral chase that you get from you know like a creature feature monster chasing you which is tends to be my preferred horror because i like creatures so um you know i've mentioned my love of jurassic park and it's also arguably it being a creature feature is the only thing that is horror because very technically the genre of horror is defined by a monster (laughs) it has that sort of um, heart racing edge of your seat sort of um fear to it is what that chapter invokes very very well and i appreciated that a lot all right, and our final question. Well, you can't read more Uzumaki because we ran out, but would you read more Junji Ito? Uh, I think I absolutely would. Um, one of the things that I mentioned whenever we talk about horror that is I have a, uh, <laughs> a rather middling view of it. I have very specific kinds of horror that I enjoy and others that I am just too much of a bitch to get into. <laughs> and... Having the podcast as an excuse to dive into Jinji Ito, I think he actually strikes the sweet spot for me. So I would absolutely be interested in reading more uh, after I spend a uh, uh, a little extra on my electric bill and get more lights in this place. <laughs> How about you, Jake? I absolutely 100% would love to read more Jinji Ito, mostly because... The thing that killed a lot of the tension for me, as mentioned previously, was the the battle between it being an anthology and it being a consistent series. And as is my understanding, Jinji Ito does more and more short stories than he does like longer stories, as is my understanding, unless the Jinji Ito expert corrects me. I think you're good. Okay. (laughs) The pacing of the individual chapters was very, very well done. So reading a Jinji Ito story that is a self-contained short story, an anthology of those, feels to me like it would take away the one thing that I was kind of met on, which, I mean, yeah, pretty much ticks all the boxes for me. I mean, Jacob, have you ever read uh, The Enigma of Amigara Fault? I have not. Uh, That's the one where a mountain splits in half and there are a bunch of human sized holes in it. It's uh, you've probably seen the panel of this hole is made for me. I've heard of that one, yes. Um, It's a a pretty good short story. It's about the size of one of these chapters. I'd I'd recommend that one just because it's a very nicely contained story. I'll go. Um, Matt here. Uh, Yeah, I'll read more Junji Ito. Who wouldn't? Um, (laughs) He is literally recognized internationally for being an amazing horror author. Like, oh, man, I'm I'm not going to even acknowledge Stephen King writes books. Like, that's the level of absurdity you'd have to be to. Yeah, you'd have to actively be contrarian. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to be like, I actively hate this for such and such a reason. And 
for Junji Ito, it'd have to be like, I don't like disgusting drawings of things. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Jay, would you continue reading? Uh, this is a ridiculous Ito? question because I already have. I own <laughs> yep. several volumes. So, yes, <laughs> I already have. Too late. Thoroughly on board. I am on that train. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The most obvious answer to a question on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, once again for tuning into the Over Manga Cast. Remember that you can follow us on all of the social medias across the internet, where we are at Over Manga Cast. It's not difficult at all to remember, unlike the full name of our show. So yeah. Uh, if you want to suggest something for us to read, then uh, you can DM us on Twitter for that. You can also. Leave us a comment on the YouTube channel. We always love reading your comments there. And if you want to immortalize it in a review, then hit us up with a review on your podcatcher of choice. If you do have a suggestion on what to read, save it, because we're not reading anything for November. Ever again. <laughs> <laughs> At least not for this upcoming month, because uh, we are getting into November, and Jake and I are going to be very busy, so we don't have time to read. So... We're just going to watch some movies. We are starting No Read November. And Will because we actually be able to keep to a themed month this time? Tune in to find out. <laughs> it's worked so well the last time we've done themed months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, it really has. And uh, because we all hate ourselves, the theme of this is going to be we're watching the live action adaptations of anime and manga. So tune in next week, where we will watch and review the live-action Full Metal Alchemist movie. Sure, this won't go badly. Or if it goes badly, you can enjoy our pain. There's <laughs> a lot of pain. See you next week, everybody. Good night. Good night, Good night everybody. Good night, everyone. Don't stare too deeply into the spirals. <laughs>